Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. have really enjoyed having one place for workshop notes, for planning lists, for story ideas, and everything that's related to my scrapbook life is in this book. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 91. In this episode, Alyssa Williams returns to the podcast for a catch-up and reflection on planners and planning. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that this Friday, November 20th, is the last day to become a member and receive two bonus perks to ease your transition to the new year. When you visit simplescrapper.com slash plan 21 dash bonus, and of course, we'll include this link in the show notes, you'll find all the details along with a video overview of everything we have planned for 2021 at Simple Scrapper. All right, let's jump into the episode with Alyssa. Hey, Alyssa, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having me on again. Yes, I'm so excited for our conversation. Of course, I always love chatting with you. We are good friends and we talk pretty much daily, if not many times over the day. (laughs) And uh, everyone knows you as the planner girl and you're also a librarian. And I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you on again so we can catch up on our planning experiences and continue to regale the audience of our saga of all the planners. (laughs) Yes, it's always fun to talk planning, and I know, um, at least in the Simple Scrapper member community, they enjoy these episodes. Yes, for sure. So what we're going to do today is we'll kick things off with kind of the normal icebreaker questions, and then we're going to dive into some of the questions our members had, and then share a sneak peek of how we're going to approach planning in the new year. So maybe you'd like to kick things off by sharing what's exciting you right now? Sure. Um. Honestly, the most exciting thing is that The Crown drops tomorrow on Netflix. So I have, you know, I have big plans for tomorrow of watching that. I can't scrapbook and watch that, though. So I have to scrapbook today. Um, The other two things that are exciting me is that uh, Stacey Julian is going to teach her uh, photo freedom class um, in January. And I'm all signed up. And I really am excited for the opportunity to refresh my photo library and my library of memory system. And I did some of that through her class that she taught this year, but I really just want to focus on photos for the first quarter of the new year because I realized as I've done such prolific scrapbooking, I need a better system for photo management. And that's the one piece I haven't addressed this year. And then finally, um, my 
my new ink pad that is VersaFine ink that I discovered at our Simple Scrapper retreat in October, thanks to Terry, is making my stamping so amazing. Ooh, I've not, I don't think I've ever used it. I've used the, just the regular VersaMark ink for embossing, but never the VersaFine black ink pad. I didn't know what a difference it would make. And I had a really like finely written sentiment and she let me try it. Cause of course, you know, it's a giant ink pad and um, it was, yeah, it was literally life-changing. It was the, the impression I was able to get was amazing. My new Catherine Pooler ink too is amazing as well. The rich um, for like bigger images, but the VersaFine is it really makes those those images sharp and clear in a way that my just regular black ink pad that I got at Hobby Lobby doesn't. Well, I might have to add that to my Amazon cart and pick one of those up because I am super curious now. Yeah, it's it will change your stamping life. Ah, and yeah, I love stamping so much. And that's definitely going to be part of my rep- repertoire continuing into the future because I just keep buying stamps, so I need to use them. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But I am also similarly excited about The Crown. I think you were the one that got me into it. And then I, I caught up over the summer. I watched, I binge watched the whole first, uh, this is season four, right? So I watched the first yes. three seasons. And you mentioned how you can't scrapbook during it. And that is true because I have to basically have Wikipedia open the whole time so that I can pause the show to understand what the heck is going on with like all of uh, Britain's like political and uh, monarch history. <laughs> And so I love to dig into some of the real facts behind it while I'm watching the show. So I'm, I get totally nerdy about it. I do too. And I feel like this season will be interesting because it's more recent history. And of course, I'm a huge Princess Diana fan. And this is the season where she is introduced and her wedding. And I'm very curious to see how they depict that. And I, I just can't wait. Yeah, well, it's so, it's so different when it's history that you remember versus history that was before you were born, and maybe you didn't you didn't really have any personal context to. So that definitely changes it as well. Absolutely. All right. So, what about bucket list stories? What are what is one story that you've been wanting to tell and you haven't told yet? So the bucket list story I want to tell, it's a little meta because I actually want to, I literally printed pictures yesterday of the screenshots of the episodes I've appeared on of the podcast because this is my fifth appearance. And I want to tell the story of the first four that I've been on. And I also want to give us virtual high fives because I re-listened to the last episode I was on just to catch up on some stuff. And we both have done the layouts we talked about for the bucket list project. Oh, that's so awesome. Which one did I say? Um, it was your uh, famous moment, your timeline one. Oh, that's one of my favorite famous. ones. I love it. Yeah, it turned out great. I need to. I still need to do one like that too. But, and I did the layout about how I've lived in this house for the longest amount of time. Oh yeah, awesome! Congrats, that's so cool. Yes. I what love, about you? Yeah, no, I have one that's not quite. It's. Um, so mine is house related as well. And I realized through a Facebook conversation that I have not documented the story of losing my first house in the housing market crash. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a part of my life. It, you know, it, it tanked my credit for almost a decade. And, you know, I'm a I'm a good person who pays my bills and has, did everything right. And, you know, I was in a situation that just didn't work out and it was bad timing. So I think that's something that I need to to document and and try to find what was 
what was the silver lining from that and how did it affect me? So that's definitely one that has come to light in the past week. Wow. That's pretty deep and important probably to tell. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's an important part of my story. And I guess I would maybe, it's not that I've forgotten about it, but I never had identified it as something I should scrapbook. So it's time to start writing some of that down. It is interesting through conversations or things you think about what, what at the time doesn't seem important, but as you reflect, you're like, oh no, I really should tell this story. Well, and I think just also as a, as a scrapbooker, as a memory keeper, every single moment and conversation in your day is the, has the possibility of reminding you of something that you should document. Um, and so that's why I just love having a place and having an outlet with, with this bucket list concept because if, I think if I had not even started giving myself permission to tell longer stories, to do hybrid, to really dive in, I would just kind of keep pushing those athiders like, oh, well, that doesn't need to be scrapbook. That's just too big and heavy. But sometimes we, we want to get those captured because there's so much we can learn from some of the challenges that we faced. Absolutely. And, and I think more in terms of legacy now, uh, you know, like what what do I want my daughters to know about who I was as their mother? So like what, what stories should I be telling that document, you know, the feelings I have about 2020 or that kind of stuff. And, and even just for me to remember kind of how things went this year. Uh, so I think those are important. And especially if you can glean out the lessons learned, I think that helps future generations as well. Cause maybe, you know, in, in 20 years, Emily will be going to a tough time and she might find this layout and see the tough time you went through and, Mm -hmm. and recognize that we're not alone in our struggles. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Well, I think it's time to transition here to one of our first topics. So I asked in the membership, what are, what questions do you have about planning your scrapbook year? This is all part of our 2021 planning party, but there's really two facets of that. There is how you physically plan, like the actual logistics of planning, whether you use digital tools or paper tools. And that's what Alyssa and I talk about on our episodes. And we're going to kind of end here with that. But then there's also this like maybe capital P planning of how we think about what we're actually going to plan, what we're going to do and and thinking big picture about the choices that we want to make. And a lot of these questions fit in with that. So the first question Amy asks, I'd like planning advice about how to keep an ongoing project in motion while also engaging a new project like a travel album. And she gave the example of project life as something that's kind of an ongoing year long you know, activity, but then maybe she wants to do something else. And she says, I tend to lose sight of one for the other. So do you have any suggestions for Amy? I do. Uh, So I have done Project Life in the past. And uh, so I'm familiar kind of with this tension of uh, having this ongoing thing and then also the other things you want to get done. So my advice is really to think more about batching and or routines. Mm-hmm. So there were times where I would batch, even though I did, I always did a weekly version of Project Life, the very traditional week by week view. So I would wait until the month ends and I would sketch out all my photo ideas and order my photos and wait for them to come. And then I would do a month at a time. So I would work it into my schedule kind of 
that way with the batch process of, you know, editing, ordering photos, then, you know, slipping all the photos into pockets and then journaling. So you could, you could really break that up and not feel like you have to do each week, you know, the week after it happens. Um, or the other thing to think about is just what is, if you want to do it more in a current way or you print photos at home, you know, how can you work it into your weekly routine? How long does it really take you to make a spread? Um, is it something that you could work on 15 minutes a day? You know, maybe you take the photo and you write the journaling card and then you print your photos all on, you know, Monday and slip them into pockets. And so I think there's a couple different ways to approach something that's ongoing and then also have time and space for your new projects. Um, I think working it into your routine is probably the best way to keep it kind of top of mind. And then maybe using a batch process as well, figuring out the parts of it. Because there's no rule that says you have to make the spread all at the same time. That is really great advice. And I want to add to that by saying I think that you're really hitting on something with the routines. And I've noticed our members in particular, they've been, some of them have been working on kind of Monday photo management. They all kind of get together and have set aside this time to work on their photos. And I think something when you can say like, you know, it's kind of like a taco Tuesday type of thing that, you know, Fridays I'm going to work on project life and Tuesdays I'm going to work on my travel album and really kind of have that on the books. And it doesn't mean you won't ever change it, but to have kind of a standing date to work on these types of things. Because we all have so many different obligations in our lives. And, and recently, I've been really thinking back to high school and college. You know, in high school, we're probably juggling like seven classes. In college, it was like five. And, you know, we managed to, to keep all that in check, but now we can't do two projects at once. So I think we need to kind of... Uh, lean back into whatever nimbleness we had in our youth um, to try to, to keep multiple balls in the air. And it's something that I personally want to work on as well. Yeah, that's a great point about uh, kind of deciding when and, and the routine of it all. Uh, I, I've done that too. I think just thinking about what your process is and and figuring out, you know, okay, does it, it only takes me an hour to do Project Life? Well, I could do an hour of Project Life on Friday nights, and then I'd have my whole weekend left for uh, my other scrapping projects or, you know, definitely what gets scheduled gets done, so. Yes, 100%. All right, here's another good question. This is from Peggy. I'd love to hear about ideas around balancing goals set early versus flexibility as the year goes on. I seem to have to trade one for the other, and that's okay, but you might have other thoughts and insights. So right off the bat, my suggestion is always to don't like set two goals and maybe leave a third space blank for opportunity so you have the flexibility to pick up something else. What else do you have to say about that? I think it's a matter of prioritization too. You know, I mean, something may come along that is a higher priority than what you had originally thought. I, uh, for work, will try to sketch out, you know, two or three quarterly goals for each quarter of the year just to kind of roadmap out kind of how I want to work in the year, or what projects I know will fall into different quarters. But usually by fourth quarter, I don't. I can't see that far into the future, so I don't have a ton of stuff except for maybe the routine things that I do every year at this time. So I think, you know, 
it's easier to plan close than it is to to plan far out. I mean, 2020 has taught us that <laughs> how to be flexible, I think. You know, I had made at the beginning of the year from Gretchen Rubin the 20, 20 for 2020 list of, you know, 20 things I wanted to do. And, you know, I've actually been able to do a lot of them, but there were some of them that, you know, we just have to let go of. And I think it's, I think it's okay to change your mind. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. I've been reading a lot of stuff by Michael Hyatt recently and, you know, he talks about, you know, cutting out things, you know, as time changes and, you know, your priorities will change or you get an exciting new opportunity. Even when you're saying yes to something, you're still saying no to something else. So I like your original suggestion of, you know, don't fill in all three blanks, just fill in two and give yourself that flexibility. Uh, but I, I've just learned, I can't do that. I, if there's three blanks, I'm going to fill in all three blanks, Jennifer, because <laughs> apparently I'm an upholder. Uh, but I have learned to give myself permission to, you know, say, you know what, this isn't the priority. My, I have a different priority. Like I originally was going to do some different scrapbook projects this weekend. And then I decided this morning, like, no, I actually really need to focus on these things over here. And so I'm going to just let this other thing go. And it's totally okay. Well, and I think this particular question really hits to why um, for our new creative dashboard tool, which I will link in the show notes for this episode, why it doesn't have a particular time frame on it and why I didn't give you like four to do it quarterly or whatever, because I don't want you to go and take the blanks for priorities and fill them in for the whole year, because then you feel like you're pre-committed. I want you to set two or three priorities for right now. And at whatever time scale you feel like that needs to change, then you throw the paper away and you start fresh and set new goals. So I would say I would say my point here is don't plan too far into the future. Plan for what's next. Do those things. And then what hasn't got done yet, evaluate whether or not you still want to do it. And then just keep rejiggering and moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, although, Jennifer, I must confess I printed four copies of the creative dashboard so I could do it. I wasn't going to fill them all out, but just so I could put them in my quarterly sections and then have them when a new quarter hits. So I, at, uh, at the beginning of October, I wrote in my creative hub, what I thought I was going to do for October, November, and December in terms of my creative priorities. And October didn't quite go the way I thought it was going to go. And now I'm looking at the November list going, wow, that was ambitious. And, you know, so I've had to already just in the moment rejigger some things. And I think that's, you're constantly evaluating. You should be constantly evaluating what, what's important and what you can let go of. And then, you know, what, what's next. For sure. And I think it's just that, uh, holding on to the permission to constantly make course corrections. And then even if you, you know, set out, here's the things that I'd like to get done this year or things I know I might want to work on later because it seems like that might be the best time to just always have that permission to say, okay, is this still what I want to do? And to be okay basically saying no to your past self uh, in honor of your your current self and your future self. 
Yeah, the goal police are not going to knock on your door and be like, you know, you wrote that down and you didn't do it. You know, I mean, life happens if we've learned anything this year. Yeah. And but I think the it and so some people take that to be like, well, why even plan? And I'm like, because it gives you a focus and you know how to best spend your time and how to how you thought you were going to prioritize. And then you can then you can weigh new opportunities against what you had originally prioritized. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You you have something to work from. And I think that's why it's important to get things out of your head. And so many of us uh, do some sort of planning and the logistics keeping for our home life, our work life, you know, our volunteering. You know, we, we do these things, but I think sometimes it can feel new to apply that same type of strategies and systems and logic to your scrapbooking, but you kind of have to do the same thing because it's all a juggle. You can't, you can't do everything. You have to make decisions and you have to be able to really see what it is you're working on next so that you don't feel overwhelmed by the huge possibilities. Absolutely. Um, one of the questions here was just about what version of Atomic Habits should we buy? So just to give a little preface, we, when this episode comes out, we will have announced our book club selections for 2021. And the first one we're going to be reading is Atomic Habits. We actually read this in the past, but this year we're going to revisit it and kind of use it as a framework for cultivating deeper habits throughout the year. And also a little bit of a framework for discussing the six other books that we're reading. Um, instead of reading 12 books, we're going to read these seven total um, and create more space for implementation. Uh, by reading one book a month uh, and trying to figure out, okay, how do we take this personal development wisdom, this, these growth opportunities, these great ideas, and apply them to our scrapbooking, We, by starting another book immediately, we were losing that chance to see how it really fit into our lives. So I'm really excited about this new, new structure for the year. I've personally purchased the the hard copy of Atomic Habits, even though I also own the Kindle version, just so that I can have it to refer to next year. But as as my personal librarian, I'm curious if you have any other thoughts. Well, I believe in the comments, this was more about there's paperback versions that are out there. They have not released an official paperback version of Atomic Habits. It's really primarily only available in hardcover, which is what I would recommend. And I know uh, with the holiday season, you know, Amazon's running uh you know, buy two, get one free book sale. Or I actually just saw James Clear announce on Instagram today that, that Amazon had dropped the price. Now, who knows if that's still valid when this episode airs. But I think, you know, holidays are a great time to purchase books or put it on your Christmas list because uh, the hard copy version is really nice to have. And I planned it. I don't typically annotate my books, but since we're going to be using it for the year and this will be my third read of it, I there are notes I want to make in it. So I'm going to actually try to go against my typical don't write in books philosophy. Even books I own, I don't typically do that. So it'll be, I'm going to get some discomfort from that. And But I'm excited. Well, I'm sure there's also other hacks of how to notate your books with sticky notes and things to, to make sure that it's there without writing on the pages. Yeah, but I, I'm ready. I There's just enough in there to write thoughts. And I think it's, I don't want to be lose my sticky, you know, be like, where are the sticky notes? I just want to be able to document in the moment. 
All right. Here's our last question. This is from Penny. I'm always looking for tips on how to better move from photos on my computer to a completed layout. Is there a tried and true layout planning process? Even in the case of the bucket list project, we are working off prompts. What's the easiest way to get from a prompt and photos to a layout? Do you have any shortcuts or tips uh, on this? This is, I, I have lots of thoughts. What, do, what about you? I have lots of thoughts too. Um, I think, you know, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Jump in. Okay. So I think you have to figure out your own process. And I think it goes back to what kind of planning tools you use. Um, <laughs> because I think that's where a planning tool can really help you with this process. So if you have a creative hub, whether it's in paper, like mine is a bullet journal, or whether you use Trello, which I know many of the Simple Scrapper members do. Uh, I think this is where having a planning tool can really help you with this process. So I write story ideas in my creative hub. And then when I am going back ready to scrapbook or ready to make a photo order, I will look at those stories and then I will decide on a couple and I will write a P next to them when I have printed photos. And then when, and then I, you know, the photos come in and they go in my photo album that I store pictures of scrapbook. And then if I'm really looking at things, I'll be like, well, oh, I have printed pictures for this. This is a story I want to tell or some, you know, it depends on kind of where I start the process at. But so I document that way. I also Sometimes just when I'm sorting, again, I mentioned at the top of the episode, I don't have a great photo workflow quite yet. Uh, that's one thing I want to work on for 2021. But I will, in the past, what I've just done is on my computer, when I'm bringing in my photos from my phone, I'll be like, oh, I want to print this one. And I'll just move it to a, a folder that is called to print. <laughs> so nothing super sophisticated. But, um, and then... So that's kind of how I manage that, getting the photos printed process. And then in terms of shortcuts for picking sketches, uh, I think, you know, I typically just look for sketches based on the number. I have my sketches organized by number of photos. So, you know, I can flip to the section that has three page sketches or three photo sketches if I have three photos and, and look. Um, I think you have to organize, though, how your brain thinks. Oh, hundred percent. And I, I mean, that's, that's kind of like a, let's just drop the mic after that, organize everything by how your brain thinks when you're done with the podcast till the end of time. Um, because it's so true. And that's, that's, that's what we keep. That's why we talk about so many different options here because not any one thing is going to work for everyone. And you have to really think about in the most successful case of you scrapbooking start to finish, what are the steps that you take and maybe like document those over two, three, four layouts. What are the steps that you took? Where did you get stuck? But then kind of make that more of a system. So a long time ago, one of our very first refresh sessions, like this was so a million years ago, um, we suggested taking a one of those little index card books that's on a spiral or ones that are on rings and write down the steps in your layout process. So I remember this. <laughs> you know, choosing photos, choosing a sketch if you want one, um, picking a background, choosing pattern papers, you know, uh, embellishing, like all every single step down to finishing, like putting it in your album. 
And this is one of the things that's been so helpful to so many in our community because they're like, they just need to know what do I do next? And I, you know, you, you conceptually know this, but your brain is not always telling you. You're just feeling like I need to finish this, but you don't always recognize that next step unless you're prompted. And then I would say the, the digital translation of this is using uh, a checklist inside of Trello. So you mentioned how you would have a place for your story idea and within that individual card for a story idea, there's a place to maybe even start doing some journaling, but you can have a checklist so that you know where you're at, what stage you're at within your layout. So maybe you've already picked photos for three layouts and you're doing that in batches. You could see where you are. Um, on multiple layouts or just one at a time. And I think that, you know, doing some sort of system like that in a tangible way or a digital way is is how you can kind of really get from A to Z with a little bit more ease. Absolutely. I printed some photos yesterday for scrapbooking this weekend. And it, it, it's more recent stuff. And I just kind of did a few things. And then when I was sorting them last night, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is photos for like nine layouts. Like that's kind of, I don't think I'm going to make nine layouts this weekend with everything else I need to do, but wow. And then I think about, you know, there's always going to be more, there's always more stories to tell. There's, I'm never going to run out of stories. And we were talking in the 2021 planning party uh, group discussion about just chronological versus more of a Stacey Julian library of memories approach. And I love that library of memories approach because I don't necessarily feel behind because those stories are there. I know I've printed the pictures. I won't get to the nine layouts this weekend, but that's okay. They're still, they're in my system. And I think that's where having a system, like you were saying, helps you and gives you that peace of mind is you know, I'll get to that, I'll get to that system or story eventually. And I will, you know, I might, it might not be until the right sketch comes along. You know, I belong to Victoria Marie's Patreon and she gives us a sketch every month. And it's been fun sometimes to be like, oh yeah, I know the perfect, I actually have the photos for that. I know the perfect thing I want to make with this. And so I don't worry so much about like, I found the shortcuts for picking sketches. I was trying to figure out a good answer for that. But, you know, I sometimes I just enjoy the serendipity of how it's time for that story to be told. Oh, for certain. And I would say the kind of the bookend to that is also there's so many stories that I've written down either on paper or in Trello and I come back to it. And A, sometimes I don't even know what I was thinking. Like, what was this about again? And B, like, even if I remembered, I'm like, oh. I don't think so. I don't really want to tell that one. And I think that's that's totally okay. There will always, you know, we're never going to run out of ideas to scrapbook. So it's okay to like, if you wrote it down one day, go ahead and delete it or cross it off. And I, I my, the, the serendipity that I really believe in is that if a story is meant to be told, it will always come back to you. You will find a trigger in the future. You'll see a photo. Something will spark something and you'll remember, oh yeah, I really want to tell that story. Um, you know, I'm sure that at some point I thought about documenting the house story before, but certainly not recently. And it, it, you know, there was this conversation about fear of voicemails that led me back to the thinking about this again. And so I, yeah, any kind of inspiration, I always feel like if it was really meant, you were meant to take this in, it will come back to you. So don't, don't hoard, hoard your ideas. (laughs) 
That's true. And I, I want to mention one other resource that I found recently. I, I've started following Crystal Iduende. I she, uh, she hosted Allie Edwards' December Daily Prep Parley. Mm-hmm. With, uh, and she has a very interesting planning process that you can f- see on her YouTube channel of how she breaks up her Allie Edwards craft the story kits and her story by months kits. And actually I would recommend that the person who posted this question, uh, look at that video of her planning process. Cause she, she brainstorms the stories. She pulls the supplies. She kind of makes up packets. She has a download that you can get that has a, a place for a sketch idea and, and the title and kind of a journaling summary, if you will. And then she makes herself these packets, you know, kind of like page prep, more from a supply first, product first start, which I don't typically do. But I do find it fascinating, especially when you get kits like that. It was an approach I had never thought of. And I I really, it's kind of made me think a little bit differently about my planning process and how I can refine that for this coming year. And and how I do plan because I've been doing more virtual crops and stuff. And so I, I'm, I'm finding the need to, to plan a little more. I've been very prolific this year. And, uh, but you know, even though I've made over 60 pages, I still, you know, I still have a huge stack of photos that I want to scrapbook. So. Well, it sounds like I need to have Crystal on the podcast to talk about her planning process because it sounds really unique. And we will definitely include a link to that video in the show notes for everyone listening. Great. Thank you. All right. Let's transition into talking about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I want to kind of just do, you know, the normal rundown of what's what worked well this year or since we last spoke, what hasn't worked well, and what are you going to do for your planning process in the new year? And I'm going to go start because I think mine is going to be really short and sweet because I've talked about this a million times. I use Trello to like store my ideas and I use my Hobonichi Weeks planner with my Coco Daisy sticker kit to uh, detail my daily planner. It is a week on two very small pages and it's worked beautifully for me this year. And thinking back to all the planners that I've used, the ones that have worked best for me uh, were smaller in size, had this week on two pages uh, where I had opportunities for lists and they were also not a spiral or disc bound. They were actually a bound, like bound bound, but would still lay flat because I don't like the, the sometimes the clunkiness of the spiral. So I've, I've talked about this system throughout the year and I will be, I am gung-ho on continuing it. You know, don't, <laughs> don't try to fix what's not broken is my philosophy right now. What about you? Well, so <laughs> since we last spoke, I uh, abandoned the Erin Condren planner that I had purchased uh, halfway through the year. And I totally forgot back. you even bought that. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I did. I had a brief, I had a one month, four week affair experiment with it. Affair, yes. <laughs> and decided that it really wasn't going to work for me and went back to my trusty blue sky planner. The other thing that has really happened for me with everything in 2020 is that I am now using 
the blue sky for home and work. I figured out kind of how to use the different sections and how to make that work for me, which is funny because I think I actually, I think we had a conversation like January, February, where I said, I think I could use this for everything. And you're like, ooh, and then, you know, <laughs> and, and now I am. So I haven't, I did not purchase another get to workbook, which I typically purchase the academic year version for my home planning, but I did not do that this year. Uh, I felt a little disloyal, but I, I decided to keep going with my system. And then unfortunately, Blue Sky doesn't do custom planners anymore after the great 2019 planner search. And I thought I found a great solution because I know exactly what I want. I want a week. On, I want eight and a half by 11, a week on one side, note page on the other side, monthly overview. Uh, and I thought I'd pl found planning Nirvana with blue sky and they don't offer custom planners anymore. So I went ahead and purchased a plum paper planner, which came this week. It, uh, it's eight and a half by 11. It's got the weeks on one side and the note page. Like I like it, except for it's backwards from my plum planner or my blue sky planner. So that's going to be something the week on in my, the planner I've used for 2020 is on the left and the notes are on the right. And so I'm going to have to get used to it being flipped. I did. I did fine. notice that. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I, I'll get used to that. It's a lot thicker than the blue sky planner. It's, um, do you think, is it paper quality that's different or the paper quality is different. I think the paper is definitely more luxe. It's a little slicker. I'm curious how my beloved flare pens work on it. I haven't actually written on it yet. Uh, the other th the tabs are bigger. So you only see like January through June and then July. So I, I don't know. There's a, I, I feel like I didn't have a very good preview of it before I ordered it. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm, it's going to be an adjustment, but I, it's got features I, I like about it. So, but I don't like when you flip the tab to January, you don't get the calendar, you get this kind of dashboard, monthly dashboard kind of page, which is similar to Erin Condren. And so we'll see how I adjust to that. But this is what I'm going to use in 2021. And then the other thing I did do is they have reflection pages that you can uh, disperse through each month. And so I had been using in 2020 the Cultivate What Matters uh, Power Sheet Goal Planner, but I did not order one of those because I'm going to try their reflection pages for goal setting and whatnot. Well, I am already sensing that we're going to have to catch up with you at uh, some point into the year to find out how this has worked out for you. Um, would you say that is fair to say? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's it's got some features and I do like the, um, you know, I was able to do a custom cover and I enjoy that feature and it, it yeah, it's just, you know, you think you found something that you're going to be able to use for a couple of years and then you have to switch again. It's sort of like, oh, here we go. So for sure. it's, I feel like I could lift weights with it though. I mean, it's, it's quite, it's, it's very substantial. So is it, but is I know, it thicker than your, you bought the, like the deluxe monthly Erin Condren? Yeah. And it's so it's, about this. It's about the same size as that actually, probably okay. now that I'm looking at the spirals. Um, but it's thicker. It's, it's definitely like 
well, not half an inch. It's definitely thicker than my, and the spiral on it is thicker than my blue sky. So we shall see how this works out for me. I mean, I have high hopes because it is, like I said, a very similar setup to what I used this year. And it's got a few more features that I think will help with my goal planning. So I'm optimistic. It's just the initial of like, oh, oh, this is how it's, oh, this is not how I thought it was on the preview, but it's, it'll be fine. I'll make well, it work. It's hard to kind of gauge like size and weight and all of that just from, from thing you can, you can sometimes get a sense in YouTube videos, but even still, it's just not always until you get it in your hands. Um, but right. I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic for you just because it has the page styles that you like. And I think yes. that's, you know, in all of our conversations over multiple years now of, you know, is this planner going to work? It comes down to how your brain organizes and wants to see information that will trigger you to then go to your meeting or do your thing or whatever it is you need to do. And every time I've tried to do vertical columns, it's not really worked for me because I don't attach my to-do items typically to days. Most, most, the vast majority, sometimes, of course, there's like things I have to do on a certain day, but for the most part, most of my to-do items are, they need to be done relatively soon. And I would like to get them done relatively soon. So that's why I put them in this particular week. But having those column formats where it's then attached to a day and then I feel guilty if I don't do it on that day. So I think that's why both of us have chosen this format that has the separate notes page that isn't as attached to the day. Yes. Um, And I think the other thing I'm really excited about for 2021 is really refining and building the habit of using Trello for my tasks and my project planning. So we had talked about that in June and I was relatively new at that point and I'm, I'm getting better at, at, setting things up in there and figuring out exactly how I want it to flow. And now I really just need to double down on remembering to open it every day. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And so are you using that kind of as a way you're breaking down personal versus work or? Yes, I have a board for work and then I have a board for home. And, you know, your video about Trello uh, as that was part of the planning party was really helpful for me in terms of some possibilities I, I didn't know and some ways I could help use it better for myself. And then the other thing I realized more for my personal home planning is kind of ever since the pandemic hit, I, I had, I'd gotten out of the routine because there wasn't as much going on, but there's still, it, I still need to have that weekly, check-in instead of kind of doing more by my seat planning. And so I finally had a big aha, as I had said earlier, you know, what gets scheduled gets done and really figured out when the best time for me to do my own personal planning would be. And uh, that turns out to be Thursday mornings before I go to work. I, I go to a early morning workout class at 530 and I'm home by 630. So I can, I'm awake um, and I can, and my brain is really turned on because I've worked out so I can sit down at my desk and, you know, spend an hour and a half planning, doing my meal plan, you know, figuring out what we're going to do this weekend and really just do that personal planning at a time, you know, my kids are 
typically not quite up yet, um, or they're busy getting ready for school and, and get that done. Well, and I think we could probably do a whole episode just on those types of, you know, morning and evening routines and different routines throughout your day and especially weekly routines when you need to do that reset. Because I think that when, when you don't have some some of those components is where you can constantly feel a little bit behind. You're, you can't get ahead of yourself to even know exactly. what it is you need to do. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, it's something that's really important and we probably should uh, have a whole other conversation about it <laughs> at some point. I would love that. I love to talk about daily, weekly planning, evening, morning routines and stuff. So for sure. Any other final thoughts on maybe lessons learned from your planning experience or even from the planning party kind of stepping back bigger picture? You know, I think the biggest thing is back to that earlier question and comment about goals and flexibility. You know, I, I, I had a really good system at the beginning of this year. I had, you know, a planner for home and my personal stuff and a planner for work. And so it's sort of a surprise to me that I've managed to merge all that into one one planner. And uh, so I think you just have to really always think about what is working for you. And I think this time of year is an opportunity to to say to yourself, well, what's working well? What do I wish I could change? What uh, what, what, what could work better for me? Is there a better, is there a simpler way I could do this? And so, you know, the other thing that has really worked well for me is I've gotten in the habit of using my creative hub. I, I use a bullet journal, uh, and have really enjoyed having one place for workshop notes, for planning lists, for story ideas, uh, and all, all, everything that's related to my scrapbook life is in this, you know, one book. And I've really filled up some pages this year with notes and ideas and planning. And that's been really helpful. You know, things need to have a home. And so uh, that I really like this system that I have put together for, you know, even my scrapbooking projects. Well, and I think you just, you've shared so many different examples today of how you don't have to be a totally analog or a totally digital person. You can combine the best of all the tools that are available today to, to come up with a planning system that really like, you know, as we said, like fits how your brain works and what you reach for and what you naturally gravitate to. I'm the person that's always looking for a sticky note or a notepad to write something down. So I cannot go completely digital. But then again, sometimes I want to just I want to plan well into the future and dump a lot of ideas and really kind of be able to organize things and reorganize them. And that's where digital can be really helpful. So there's certainly a balance. And the more you experiment with these, as, as certainly you have, you'll be able to then that personalize that process so that you have, you know, your creative hubs and paper. And now you're organizing more things in Trello, yet you still want this daily planner to really kind of keep you going and keeping, keeping you on track throughout the week so that you feel, you know, you're in command of your time. Yes, that is very true. And I think, you know, it's, it, you know, sometimes people think, well, why I'm just, I'm always appalled when someone's like, well, I don't use a plan. I'm like, how can you not, like, how do you remember to do things? And I still think, you know, they say your brain remembers it more when you write it down. And, and so I like, I still, I will probably always have some sort of paper 
system that I use, but I, you know, the more tasks you get, I don't, I don't enjoy rewriting those week to week. So that's where that digital really helps. And, you know, I primarily use a digital calendar now, and that process has been refined for me this year. And it will be interesting to see as things open up more in 2021, you know, how that, how, how my planning might transition again. Uh, but for now, I'm really happy with my system. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to catch up with you again in the new year to find out how things are going with your new uh, plum paper planner. And again, thank you so much for spending time with me. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. All right. And to all of our listeners, remember that you have permission to scrapbook and of course, plan your way. Have a great week.